Our first reading tonight is the tale of Jonah. In Hebrew, Yonah, say that with me. Yonah and Yunis, say Yunis, the Arabic from the Quran. Jonah, the story of Jonah and the whale and Nineveh is in the Hebrew Jewish Bible, in the uh, Catholic Bible, the Greek Eastern Bible, and in the Quran. So we have all the bases covered uh, with the story of Jonah, the tale of the reluctant prophet who God calls to travel to Nineveh, very familiar to us tonight, and to call the people to humility and to repentance so that God will stay his hand of judgment on the Ninevites. So the story was written, we think, between the 4th and 5th centuries B.C., so this is a very ancient piece of literature. And it's set in the 7th to 8th century B.C., under King Jeroboam II of Israel, a time of uh, fractured... Uh, division, civil war, just the aftermath of a civil war between Israel and Judah, the Jews fighting with each Can you imagine Jews arguing with each other? <laughs> Such a thing beyond the imagination. So this is the aftermath of a civil war. And uh, the Ninevites are not believers in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They are not monotheists. They are polytheists. They believe in a panoply of divinities. Uh, They are uh, reflective of the religions of the ancient uh, Fertile Crescent. So Nineveh, very familiar to us tonight. Do you know where it is? what it is known as today, Mosul. On December 17th, just a month ago, Iraqi forces rolled into Mosul, uh, which is on the west bank of the Tigris River. On the east bank is ancient Nineveh. And Christmas was celebrated in Mosul this year for the first time in three years. No Christmas for the last three years in Mosul. Before that, Christmas had been celebrated in Mosul for every Christmas for 1,750 years. No Christmas for the last three until this past Christmas. Why? Why? Why was there no Christmas? ISIS had taken over the traditionally Christian city of Mosul and Nineveh. And they were there for only four or five days when they destroyed the ancient gates of Nineveh. 
had razed them to the ground with explosives. These ancient uh, entrance uh, pillars to the city of of Nineveh. And uh, in the ensuing three years, more than 40,000 citizens in Nineveh were killed. I live in York. Anyone here from York? Family in York? What's the population of York? Do you know? It's three less tonight because you're here in the pew. (laughs) 43,000, almost the entire population of my hometown, killed in three years in Mosul. So this is a sadly, tragically familiar place. A horrifically, terribly familiar place to us tonight. And you very well may have friends and family members who served some uh, time around Mosul in our, our armed forces. This is where the story of Jonah takes place. Jonah is the reluctant prophet. Why? God tells him, Jonah, get up, get on a ship, and go to Nineveh and preach repentance there. Jonah doesn't think this is going to be a popular gig. Really, is preaching repentance ever a popular gig? (laughs) Not even in church. So he's reluctant, he doesn't want to go. These are people of another religion. They have a certain frame of mind, a style that's not like Israel, not like these people don't believe what we believe in. They have a different concept of God. They have a very different, strange and foreign culture there in Nineveh. And Jonah uh, forms an opinion in his mind, a prejudice. Last week, about five or six of us here talked about, the rest couldn't hear what I was saying, Uh, we talked about forming a prejudice about persons because of their physical appearance or because of the place they come from or because of their age or because of the circumstances of their lives. Tonight we see in Jonah a prejudice formed about people because of their religious beliefs, because of their culture, the religious culture that they are a part of. And Jonah says, oh no, I know what those people are about. I know just what they are like. And uh, they're not going to be responsive to any appeal on a moral basis. These are immoral unbelievers and they're not going to respond. I don't want to go there, God. And what does he do? He, gets, he goes in the opposite direction, right? And what happens? He uh, has a very big accident 
with, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, uh, aquarium. <laughs> it's an aquarium accident. And uh, he winds up uh, in, uh, in, in the big fish gut. And uh, this is uh, the metaphor for trying to escape from God's plan and purpose. Uh, and uh, so he's turned around. He repents, he spit out, he stumbles, he gets to Nineveh, and he does reluctantly what God told him to do, go and tell them that they need to make themselves right, they need to amend their ways, they need to repent and turn from evil to good, they need to turn toward God, and what happens much to Jonah, Yonah, Eunice's surprise, they turn. In fact, they outdo Jonah. They call a day, they call a great fast for an entire day. They put on sackcloth and ashes and they uh, confront their wrongdoing and they turn as a society much to Jonah's chagrin. Because Jonah knew all about them. He tried to tell God, this isn't going to work. You know, this is a big idea, but it's not going to happen. I know these people. I've heard all about them. I've listened to the news. You know, I listened to talk radio. I heard all about the Ninevites. I know exactly what they're like. And then to Jonah's great surprise, they're touched, transformed, and turned and become a great people. What does this teach us about our prejudices? We form opinions in our minds, usually based on partial information and impressions that are garnered from many different sources. And we form these opinions based on a lot of criterion, the way a person looks, the way a person uh, speaks, the place that a person comes from. Uh, we make all the end what a person believes or does not believe in. And we then cut off the possibilities with those persons. Uh, first, we cut off the possibility of a meaningful encounter and engagement. We cut off the possibility of a dialogue from which we can grow ourselves and learn. And we cut off the possibility of a kind of understanding that would lead to a union of mind and of, uh, of lives. And we do all of this before we ever even test it out. We just form this opinion and then a prejudice and then we're cut off from possibilities. And what Jonah learns tonight is that those prejudices often are false. 
And if we leave the door open, if we leave the possibilities in place, if we make the effort, and if we are prompted by the Spirit and we go with that prompt, as absurd as it may seem, then suddenly what we imagine to be impossible becomes reality, and not only are those who we make an appeal to transformed, but we are transformed ourselves in the process, and our lives are open to new possibilities by learning from those unlike us. Pope Francis surprised us his early days in the papacy by telling us that we as Christians can learn even from atheists who can teach us. Even from those who cannot believe, we can learn something truly meaningful. Perhaps I've told you before, but when I was in the uh, when I was in the ninth grade, that was the year that I came to Christ as my Lord and Savior, was baptized, and uh, I went to see an, a mentor of mine, someone who had been a friend since I was in the fifth grade. She was Mrs. Daniels. She was the librarian in my middle school, and I went to see her to tell her this because she had taught me something about God. I had learned that Mrs. Daniels, who was a member of the synagogue, was an atheist. She didn't believe in God. And I went to see her, to talk to her and ask her, how is it you can be a member of the synagogue and an atheist? She took a piece of paper and she wrote down G-O space D. Then she turned that piece of paper and showed it to me and I saw the words G. O space D, and then she took it back and she wrote G-O-O-D and turned it back to me. That was when I was in the sixth grade. And that made such a fundamental impression on me. God is good. And I learned from Mrs. Daniels, the atheist librarian from the synagogue, I learned that God is always good and what is good always comes from God. And that became so formative in my life. We can learn from those who believe differently than we do if we open up the possibilities of engagement and encounter as Jonah did reluctantly, and we are reluctantly to explore strange and unfamiliar things. And strange and unfamiliar thoughts are even more threatening than things. But if we open up, as Jonah did, prompted by the Spirit, a dialogue with those different than ourselves, we don't, as Isis did, explode the gateways, but we fling open the doors and we make those possibilities realities as we learn from others, as they learn from us, as God brings our hearts and minds together.